0: Welcome to Plants and Our Health, I'm Helena, I'm Tom, and I'm Aden. So today we're continuing on our theme of Plants as Our Medicines, and we're joined by Dr. Ramchandra Paudel, a senior scientist at the Nepal Academy of Science and Technology. Ram has a background of experience in the community conservation of medicinal plants and he's been involved in important work conserving Himalayan ewes. Now ewes are incredible species and they're the source of the anti-cancer drug Taxol. The discovery and commercialization of Taxol is a really interesting story, somewhat shrouded in ecological controversy, so that's something we're going to dig into a bit today definitely. So thanks for coming on and chatting to me today. Do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, this is uh, Ram Chandra currently working as the senior scientific officer in Nepal Academy of Science and Technology. And uh, we are doing uh, activities related with the medicinal plant conservation and the DNA barcoding and especially the documenting of the high value and economically important plants and the documenting other related highly threatened species protected by government and societies.
0: Yeah and Today's topic, we're going to be focusing on the medicinal values of plants. Okay. And obviously, medicinal plants are a big part of the work that you do. Mm. And a particular focus that we're going to take is the medicinal value of ewes. And you species have been commercially harvested for a few decades now for their value in treating cancer. Yes. And yeah, now you work on a huge breadth of topics at the Nepal Academy of Science and Technology, but To begin with, you had a focus on taxonomy, is that correct? Yes. When you started your science career.
1: Uh, Actually, um, I did my master's in the Tribune University Central Department of Botany in 2000. And I worked in the several medicinal plant conservation programs, especially focused with the community. And to train them, train community uh, how to collect uh, medicinal plants, wild medicinal plants sustainably, and how to evaluate the plants. In such activities, I was engaged until uh, 2007. And fortunately, in 2007, I got an opportunity to do master's in Edinburgh University, especially in uh, Royal Botanic Garden, Edinburgh. Uh, so I spent one year there in Botanic Garden, and then in 2009, I went to Kunming, China, where I did a PhD in the conservation genetics of Himalayan youth. So there I learned more about taxonomy, conservation, sustainable utilization, and other many more aspects of Himalayan youths which was my you know, keen interest because I spent around seven, eight years uh, working with the community in conservation. And the so my PhD was more focused on the scientific approach of generating data on Himalayan youths.
0: So your initial work on community conservation and relating that to how you can sustainably harvest medicinal plants, was that in your home country of Nepal?
1: Yes, yes, exactly. While I was working with the community in that time, the commercial collection of the Himalayan youth had been already started. And obviously there was, you know, like high economic benefit. But along with that, there were a few negative impact of commercial collections. And by that time, we even don't know how many species and taxonomically which species occur in Himalaya, as well as what sort of conservation activities are necessary to sustain commercial collection and the sustainable utilization of the Himalayan youth was still unanswered. So my PhD was more based on my experience with the community, the information I generated along that time as well as the scientific data which was necessary for the sustainable utilisation.
0: Yeah. And do you know when the, when the harvesting of species of Himalayan ewes began? Has there been a traditional knowledge of the medicinal benefits of ewes for a long time, or is it more of a recent thing?
1: The Himalayan ewes are culturally, religiously, and economically important plants in the past as well even before the commercial collection was started like commercial collection was started from 1995 94 onwards when scientists knew that the taxol which is a principal anti cancer component present in taxus use, that can be extracted from the leaves of the himalayan use. so that sort of you know scientific evidence came and then that triggered commercial collection of Himalayan use. Uh, so before that, people were using this plant very, very intensely while I was working during the community work. And during that time, I found people were using the uh, plant used traditionally for medicine. Uh, and they, they are using to make agriculture implements and as a folder as well by the people as a fuel wood, incense. So I have reported about 45 uses of the plants that have been practiced by the indigenous people of Nepal. Uh, so it is, it was very intensely used and it is still in traditional use. It is not new. The uh, Himalayan youth is not new for the indigenous people of Nepal.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like the timeline of commercially harvesting ewes also kind of lines up with how ewes started being harvested in the West. Although I don't know if you're familiar with the whole story, but I was reading a bit into it and it was a really long process of discovering that the ewes might be useful until they finally reached the shelf as an anti-cancer drug in the 90s. Are you familiar at all with the the story there?
1: yeah uh, I am a little bit uh, you know familiar. It is almost like they started from 1960s exploring the anti-cancer or useful plants and they come up with this taxol from Texas Brevifolia, the Northern American you. Yeah. and uh, the, the government American government they allow the commercial production in 1980s, 1990s. So immediately after that, because the, the initially what they found they found taxol from the bark of the plant, and collecting bark was not sustainably possible. Uh, that's yeah, you why have it, exactly, you have yeah. to
0: kill the tree to exactly kill the tree to take it, the bark. Yeah. Uh,
1: we have to kill the tree, and they they uh, during that time also probably some of the traders pharmaceutical company also tried from bark as well. But that was not sustainable. Unfortunately, the study found that leaves from the twigs also, we can get enough quantity of the taxol. Although the yield is very low, you know, from bark as well as the uh, leaves. But that information triggered commercial collection in the Himalaya.
0: These initial ones, because the yew species in North America, they were already quite threatened. There wasn't that many of them. And mm. these initial collections of them and the initial interest in them, even just to do the research to find out what was going on, it was killing a lot of ewes. And it caused quite a lot of controversy with environmentalists, as in, this is great, this is maybe going to be a medical revolution, but it's maybe not. And it's also damaging these species uh, that are already yes. threatened. So, yeah, it was it's a big deal to think about. We could have even lost these species that have ended up being really important to medicine.
1: Yeah, same same sort of the issue was uh, highlighted in, in Nepal as well. When they started to collect commercially governed, also the pharmaceutical company, and the pharmaceutical company, they sent their uh, staff to each village from where they got permission. And in that time, it seems that uh, the government, as well as the company and the the collector who went to the its villages, they were not aware about the possible uh, negative impact of the collection. And, you know, like very indiscriminate uh, type of felling happened because it was easy. In fact, they should have collected the leaves, but climbing the 20, 30 meter tree is not easy. So that sort of activities lead to the complete destruction or extinction of the population so people were thinking about whether they were very afraid whether uh, we have to lose this whole population whole species which have such a you know high medicinal value so that sort of issue later made government realize to change their strategy
0: so when you say they revised their permissions, did they change the way they were harvesting to a more sustainable way or what changed? Because now the ewes are not so much threatened. I remember you saying that they're quite well protected now, even though they're still used for medicinal purposes.
1: Yeah, um, actually as I you know told you before, the ewes are culturally, religiously important plants. So people were in their traditional practice using these plants. So later on, when its commercial value came to know, then that increased the commercial collection. But while, well, you know, like the government found that villagers were collecting or community, even they themselves realized, you know, like this sort of practice is not sustainable. And government just banned the indiscriminate failing. And side by side, they introduced the rule to do environment impact assessment. And if you are collecting more than 20, 30 uh, ton of the leaves, then you have to do the environmental assessment. Yeah, that sort of act, uh, you know, that sort of rule uh, later on uh, discouraged a pharmaceutical company, and they stopped their, you know, processing plan as well.
0: Okay, uh, because, I mean, yeah. 30 tons of leaves. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a pharmaceutical company, so <laughs> I don't know how much drugs that's going to produce, but 30 tons of leaves sounds like quite a lot.
1: Yes, no, initially, uh, government actually gave permission of about 800 ton of leaves from nine districts of Nepal. So you can imagine how good the population was. They, they were pretty aware about the population status. So that much good population, that much taxes was there in, in, in the initial time.
0: And that was enough to continue producing taxol to treat the levels of cancer that the country was seeing?
1: No, no, no. It is a very small part in fact, because that company was not only collecting taxes from Nepal, their main organization was in India and they were collecting from different other parts of India as well. So as the yield of taxes, taxol is very low, you must need a very high quantity of the crude material.
0: Yeah, and the drug now, it's, I mean, it's approved and commercially used pretty widely and it's incredibly important in terms of treating leukemia and breast cancers and I think ovarian cancers as well. In the West anyways, it's taken quite a while from first discovering its uses in the 60s or so to being used. But now, you know, this plant has given us hope in terms of treating really prevalent and, and horrible diseases. Yes. And a lot of the progress on being able to use it more widely was being able to synthesize it in the lab. So you didn't need to mm. fell trees. Is that something that's also happened in Nepal? They call it sort of a synthetic method of taxol?
1: Yeah, in fact, when the Texas population started to decrease due to commercial collection, then the government focus and even the focus of the pharmaceutical company was to restore the wild population and the side by side, they encourage the farmers to plant trees in their private farm and also encourage the community to plant textures in the forest area. So we have lots of crude material the community can provide, but at the same time, as the yield is low, In international practice and international pharmaceutical companies are also uh, starting their synthetic preparation of the taxol. I guess uh, very few pharmaceutical companies or very little might have known this and they have tried to do in Nepal as well. But probably our community and indigenous people uh, might not be happy to learn uh, about this.
0: Yeah, because it's an important source of income for them collecting income, the, yeah. these plants.
1: And and they have started to cultivate in their own area where they were growing rice, they were growing maize, they were growing millet. their main many staple food. In the past, yeah. they were growing. And when they knew about the, the importance of taxes, and the government also encouraged them, to cultivate government was uh, providing incentive even financial support to make the nursery and to expand the farming of the taxus so now in different areas people have planted hectares of taxus and several are you know selling taxus leaves annually as well the good news though the community forest user groups of you know almost many parts of nepal are very aware about the conservation value of taxus so they are protecting the taxes in their forest, and they are giving more focus on cultivating taxes in their farm or in the marginal area from where they were not getting anything. That area was just left as in a wasteland. They are properly utilizing this area.
0: Yeah, it sounds like there's really strong links between the people who are collecting the plants and you know this understanding of their importance mm-hmm. and deciding to protect them and Connecting with the importance has been important too. Yes, preserving yes. the plants.
1: Right, so that, that also have the you know like environmental and biodiversity value as well. And the, another thing is like in the past when people were collecting taxes, the forest around they were clearing, and they realized later on that if you want to conserve taxes, then it is the shade tolerant species. So you have to protect the forest overall. The landscape should be protected or maintained properly. That's why the conservation of the taxas has not only preserved taxes. When you protect taxes, then you preserve the whole landscape as well. And in, in that way, we should conserve uh, our Himalayan biodiversity from different perspectives.
0: Yeah, so the work that you've done on the taxonomy have used has hmm. been helpful in terms of conserving them just to know what's there and know how many species there are and know where they're distributed
1: exactly exactly because uh, while I was starting my PhD we even don't know how many species are there so l- lots confusion was there but when we did extensive population level study in the Hindu Kush Himalaya region we come to know about the three species Texas contuta in the West Nepal, uh, West Himalaya, Texas Walichiana in East Nepal and Eastern Himalaya, and Texas myriai, the new report in the very limited area of Nepal. And fortunately the myriai, which is lower digit species, is reported to have high taxol content. So see, we Nepalese now do have lots opportunity to cultivate these taxes in different area.
0: Yeah, it sounds like your PhD has been really important. That's pretty exciting.
1: Yes, yes, really. I'm very, very satisfied with this study because I, I was working with the community and I knew how, how difficult it is for the community to collect the plants sustainably because the policymakers and we researchers always want the community to collect the plant sustainably. But they are the research and they are the resource owner and they have limitation of lots of things, you know, like limitation of the money, poverty, education. It is easy for us to say that don't collect species unsustainably. Don't collect plant in you know different season, just collect when they become mature. But they need money. Until and unless we don't give them the opportunity or the options of, you know, generating income, then we don't have any right to tell them don't use the money because they have, you know, resource limitations. So after a PhD, I'm slowly in putting forward the information I had. I'm trying to lobby this information through government. Until and unless our policy is not uh, very friendly to the local community, we can't implement anything.
0: Yeah, it's important to recognize these are sensitive issues and having, you know, some scientific knowledge, as you say, doesn't necessarily give a strike right to tell other people what to do with them, especially when it's something that's so important to their livelihoods. So, yeah, I'm really yes. glad to hear that you're, yes. you're working on speaking to the government and figuring out responsible ways to negotiate the situation through them.
1: Exactly. It is very important. That's why now we should be very serious about the cultivation that taxes community are doing uh, for the income because the Texas is a slow growing tree. So it will take about five to 10 years to get the full harvest uh, and to get the benefit uh, from the cultivation. They are waiting for that. Uh, in the meantime, when synthetic production came, then they will be completely discouraged. So we should balance this the modern advance of the science in, in the taxal production and the commitment we have done in the in the past to the community now there is the responsibility of all those stakeholders involved to take care about the farming the community has done so we should we should uh, you know take care of the uh, taxes leaves that are ready to be harvested from several you know, from several farmers
0: yeah and and we can't really underestimate the fact that these were already species which were known and were being harvested for a whole load of uses. But the scientific research that you were involved in has really advanced the level of protection that we're able to give them. And the understanding that we have of them now is incredibly important to how we can use them. But there's goodness knows how many plant species out there that, you know, we maybe know to look at, but are completely unexplored in science. and, And it's Mind-blowing to think how many there might be out there that exactly. could be...
1: It's, it's very interesting.
0: ...important in, in many other ways.
1: We scientists are, you know, like we scientists are uh, you know, discussing about what could be the appropriate name of the Texas uh, species, Texas myri. We are discussing now, but we should be very, very sincere about the economic importance of this species uh, to the whole nation and the community itself. I I might be very happy to say I I found out uh, taxas myria in Nepal. One new paper would be additional uh, literature to my CV, but that doesn't make any sense to the uh, local community. They want the importance to their livelihood. And as a nation, it's economically important to the whole nation in regard to biodiversity, in regard to culture, in regard to other many, many aspects. So we should be serious in this uh, matter as well. Yeah. Well, I
0: think sadly, we're kind of running out of time. Uh, It would be wonderful if we could just keep talking about all of this. But um, (laughs) yeah, we've we've run out of time. But thanks very much for coming on and sharing your perspective of the history of the use of Nepal and how it parallels with the use that we know, and how important they are really to all of us.
1: Thank you very much, Aaron. Lots, lots thanks to you. You know, you know especially I have lots, lots of good memories with the Royal Botanical Garden Edinburgh. You know, Edinburgh actually trained me, so I gained lots uh, important knowledge and from there, and uh, I'm very fortunate to implement that knowledge. Um, so very, very thankful to talking with you and really happy, I'm glad to talk with you. Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah, it's been much.
0: wonderful. Thanks. Um, yes. And if somebody wants to chase up any kind of parts of the story or find out more about the use of Nepal, um, is there a way that we can contact you if somebody's listening? Yes,
1: of course. My email address is C underscore p-o-u-d-e-l at the rate yahoo.com. Okay, perfect. I mean, you know, I'm working here in Nepal Academy of Science and Technology, so they can get my email through the official website of the academy as well.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Plants in Our Health. If you want to know more about the fascinating history of ewes and their chemotherapeutic value, or about anything else that we've talked about today, you can reach Ram by email at ramc.com underscore Powdell at yahoo.com that's ram c underscore p o u d e l at yahoo.com and of course don't forget to join us again next friday to explore another new theme plants and their own health where we'll begin to explore plant pests and diseases and how we can all keep plant life healthy This episode of Plants and Our Health was produced by Aaron Devere and brought to you by Not Another Science Podcast from the Edinburgh University Science Magazine, where we explore fascinating themes and ideas, talk to awesome researchers about their work and find out about the science being done right here in Edinburgh. If you have any feedback for us or if you'd like to get in touch with a question or suggestion, you can reach us on our Facebook page, Edinburgh University Science Media or at our Twitter, at USCI. That's at E-U-S-C-I. You can also shoot us an email at, at gmail.com. and you can see the show notes and leaf through the latest issue of the magazine at usi.org.uk.
1: Not another science podcast is hosted by me, Helena Cornu, and my partner in crime, Tom Edwick. The
0: podcast manager is Alex Bailey. The podcast logo was designed by Usi Chief Editor Apple Chu, and the terrific episode art for this series was designed by Heather Jones, our social media and
1: marketing genius. Thanks for listening, and until next time, keep it leafy!